This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. I'm super excited about this particular episode, and any of you parents who um, happen to be uh, listening, uh, I'm sure that this uh, session is going to be a blessing to you. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about a, a resource that's available uh, as well that I, I highly recommend. So um, before we get too far into this, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce Sister Sarah Woods. Um, she's the author of a book that we're going to be talking about. It's called My Child. Um, I have read it, and it is an absolutely incredible book. Um, very worth the read. Um, but Sister Woods, would you just introduce yourself, tell the uh, the audience, the listeners a bit about your background, um, your ministry, where you are now, um, and then we'll just go ahead and get into our discussion. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate this opportunity very much. And my name is Sarah Woods, and I'm married to Michael Woods. He pastors um, a home missions church here in Beulah, North Dakota. And we have three grown children. We have two sons that um, just got married within seven months of each other, just this past year. And our daughter is graduating from high school this week. So we have three grown children and one grandchild on the way. So praise God. So um, before we really talk about the the meat and the bones of the book, um, I wanted, I'm curious where the book came from. So what inspired you to write my child? That is a very good question. So when I when I was young and when we were first having kids, we started we got married when we were 19. So we were just babies, you know, and I just was a voracious reader. I just read everything I could get my hands on. And our pastor actually gave us a book to read. And um, the author of the book was a very command, very um, maybe harsh personality. But the principles were very biblical. And so, you know, I read it and I, I just was like, my mind was blown. Like, this is just, I've never heard stuff like this before. So when I was a young parent, I would recommend this book to a lot of people. This wasn't an apostolic or anything and found out that most people could not handle the tone. Um, the tone was very, I guess I would say the word arrogant, kind of like there's my way or in the wrong way. And that's about it, you know? Right. And so, so, but it was good biblical principles. So, you know, as my children grew older, I never read the book again. I just, you know, kind of kept it on my shelf, but definitely applied the principles. And then when we started pastoring, I was like, you know, we really need an apostolic resource with biblical principles, but maybe written from a little, I pray, humbler um, tone, you know, that right. that's easier yeah. to because raising children is a very sensitive topic. Most parents are definitely trying to do their best. And um, it's not always easy to hear criticism about what you're doing, you know. Right, absolutely. Uh, so a question for um, a lot of um, my followers are actually aspiring writers, uh, whether they're writing for, uh, you know, the magazine that, um, that I'm the founder of or whether it be, you know, other different apostolic um uh, ministries that are that are that are happening and and we've seen you know an influx of great apostolic content you know in the last several years um but for for their sake um how long did it take you to actually put this resource together 
So I started taking notes. I would say I kept note like in my little notepad on my on my iPhone. I bet I did that for about five years. Like I'd hear something that was preached or I'd read something or whatever, and I would just start taking notes. And then finally, it just kind of came to a head. Um, this is kind of a crazy story, but I, I knew that the Lord was telling me I needed to write the book. But I, you know, I was kind of doubting because I was like, you know, well, there's so many resources and do we really need another one and whatever. So I prayed and I said, Lord, if this is your will for me to write this book, then help somebody to say to me, you need to write a book. Like, what are the odds of that happening? Right. So I was speaking at a local mops group. And after I was done speaking, this lady came up to me and said, you need to write a book. So I thought, well, you know, that's kind of neat. But then I said, well, God, like, I'm going to put out another place here. How about if a Holy Ghost filled person that I respect comes up to me and tells me I need to write a book, then I'll know this is from you. So speaking at a church about raising kids and afterwards, this lady comes up to me. She's probably in my top five most influential women in my life, but a very just encourager type woman, you know, just kind of like, like always just has something nice to say. She's never probably said the words you need to in my whole life. She walks up to me. She looks me in the eyes and she goes, so you need to write a book. And I could feel all the blood just like drain out of my face. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> so, so I had all these notes compiled and my husband actually took me to the Mall of America. I sat in a coffee shop at the Mall of America and I'm not kidding. I wrote that whole rough draft in like three days of nonstop writing, sitting in the mall. He would bring me food and sit at the table so I could go to the bathroom and got it all done in like three days. The editing process took about probably six months after yeah, that. Right, right. Uh, so the um, this book, I mean, it was a blessing to to my wife and I. Um, reading this book, a lot of our parenting, you know, was really reinforced in the material that, that was in it, and we were encouraged. Um, but also we were challenged in other areas. Um, so what I want to say to anybody that's listening is that if you're a parent, you need to get this book. Um, and, and that's just not me. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to... Um, lift sister woods up or anything like that but it is a great resource it's been a blessing to, to us in our home and i'm telling you that it'll be a blessing to you and your family um with that said um what would you say are some keys to success in parenting that's a pretty broad question but i if i could narrow it down to like the whole book even to one sentence that if you can just ingrain this in your brain I think I would narrow it down to thou shalt not lie because, you know, if we can get that and, you know, like when people, that's the title of one of the chapters. Right. And when people read that, they think that it's going to be a chapter about teaching our children not to lie. Well, it has nothing to do with that at all. It's really about training ourselves to quit lying to our children because when we open our mouths and we say things that we don't follow through on, essentially we're teaching our children that when adults speak, they're not serious, that you don't have to listen to them the first time because there's going to be no consequences. And I think that if we could just start like speaking the truth to our children and following through on what we speak, a lot of the other issues we have with parenting would probably resolve themselves. Wow. Right. But I think my first one, um, the other one that I find that to be very problematic is that every parent really loves to believe that their child is the exception. 
Like nobody has ever dealt with a child quite like mine, right? And I think that we've all had those moments for sure, you know, that we, and, and I think that modern psychology and modern culture really wants to reinforce that mindset because when we give parents excuses for their children, it kind of puts a Band-Aid on their emotions, right? So they feel better about themselves even when things aren't actually better. And so I think the other one would be just to recognize that your child is a fallen nature sinner, just like every other child, and the Lord has given you the distinct opportunity to train that child in the ways of his word. Wow. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I would agree with that. Um, and I think, I mean, we have five kids. We have another one on the way. Uh, oh, exciting. Yes. Very exciting. Um, and just the range of their personalities is just, you, it would blow your mind. Um, my youngest too actually listen the best, which is like, <laughs> I, you know, that's, I've never heard of that, but you know, right. my youngest too just, and Adelaide who is, uh, two years old is just, please, or give her something to eat. No, thank you. She just, wow. just so polite, just. So polite, you know, and like today, for instance, um, we were reading a book down on the couch and she just said, looked at me and said, I'm tired. And I said, okay, you want to take a nap? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was adorable. Um, and then, so we went, put her in bed. She, she took her nap, you know, and just, she just, but you know, I have several older ones. I have a, an, an, 10 year old i have a, a seven year old and a, and a six year old so um you know and just so just all their personalities just so different and um but when it comes to discipline you know i i have to do a lot less to discipline the younger ones than i do the older ones isn't that um, interesting yeah, yes yeah and it's it is just so a lot of the stuff in your book um especially referring to discipline um it was it i think it's fundamental really um, in helping our children not only be functioning adults, uh, Christian apostolic adults in life, later in life, but, you know, helping them understand, you know, that mom and dad's word needs to be the final say, especially yes. when it comes to, you know, protecting you and keeping you from things that are going to harm you. Um, so I wonder actually if, um, you would share just uh, maybe a few different um, uh, examples, uh, I guess would be the best thing that maybe weren't in the book that have helped really reinforce that um, thought process and, and that um, training um, the child uh, growing up. Right. So, so, you know, when you talk about training, um, training is going to happen one way or another. Either your child is going to train you or you're going to train your child, right? Like, so if you're in public and your child has you trained that every time they ask for something in public um, and you say no, they throw a fit. So if you don't train your child, you learn to never say no to your child because you don't want them to throw a fit in public, you know? So to understand that, you know, there's no middle ground, either right. you're training to react to your child or you're teaching your child to react to you, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I was trying to think of some examples that weren't in the book. Most of, you know, a lot of the examples I put in the book, but um, one thing that I was just talking to a mother the other day 
and it's kind of fun because people who read the book, you know, will get a hold of me and share examples and share stories. And, and she said that she was having a hard time with homeschooling this child. And he is just an extremely brilliant, extremely talented child. And, but he just struggles with self-control. And he finally, finally looked at her one day and said, I think I figured it out. I think he's eight. I think I figured it out. I just really hate it when I'm not in control. Wow. <laughs> I thought, isn't that interesting? Because mm. I think that's what most children hate is when they're not in control. They think they hate it. Um, but what, what I've found, and especially with my second son, who um, he really was the one that was always pushing the boundaries, is that that reaction was actually coming from us from a place of fear. He was a fearful child. And when he didn't know what his boundaries were, he kept pushing them because if he could move them, that reinforced the fear that he was feeling. But if those boundaries stayed strong, then he could feel safe and then he, his behaviors actually decreased. So I think, you know, when we go back to examples with parenting, I think one of the hot topics that I that maybe I get the most um, feedback about is my opinion on strong-willed children. And I think there's a misconception because the world wants to promote strong-willed children as this really, you know, amazing, they're going to be these world changers if you can just figure out how to channel it, you know. Right. And the problem is, is what they're describing is not actually a strong will, it's actually self-willed. And it's children that are demanding their own way, mm. which is sin, right? And right. so if your child was truly strong-willed, they'd be a lot like your two-year-old who's like, you know, yes, please, no, thank you. They learn the right things to do and they have enough willpower to overcome the desires of their flesh to do what is right. And so I thought that was really interesting. He, you know, he recognizes that he wants to be in control. And when he gets a strong will, he'll recognize, but I'm not supposed to be in control. But if he's giving into his self-will, he's going to try to usurp that control, you know. So I thought that was one one example. Um, the other example that I'd really like to encourage parents is about judging other people and their parenting. Mm. I think sometimes instead of looking inward in our families at what we could do better, we uh, make ourselves feel better by criticizing what other families are not doing as well as us, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and I see that as very detrimental because. The Bible says to judge not lest ye be judged. It's not saying that we're never going to judge, but in every instance where I see um, families not acting with humility, not acting, not asking people to judge them, which is what we really need to be doing, I've seen some major falls, major um, having to eat a lot of crow, you know, and, and it's just not a pretty thing to watch. And so if we can really just try to stay humble, and just try to understand that we're all trying to do our best and right. we need each other along the way, you know. Yeah. So uh, along that uh, sort of thought process, um, you know, personally, I'm looking back to, you know, my first child and, you know, these younger children that I have now. If and, and yeah, I feel kind of bad for them because I've grown as a parent in the way that I do certain things and the way that I react to certain things. Um, sure. you know, some of that, some of that is, you've got to acknowledge it because if you're not growing as a parent, 
you know, we should really be growing in every avenue and aspect of our life, whether it's parenting, whether it's our walk with God, whether it's in our relationship with our significant other, um, and in our relationship with our children, our pastor, our church, our community. Uh, we should always be growing. We should always be growing. And um, so, you know, you think about how you handle situations with, you know, my 10-year-old, for instance, and I, I just not something that I would do today. I just, um, like, just getting so mad about something that's just so silly where, where I could have handled it uh, without without the rage if I just t- took a step back, took some deep Wait. breaths, and said, hey, you know what? Maybe it wasn't as big as a, big as a deal <laughs> as I made it. You thought know, it was. I, yeah. As I thought it was or as I made it out to be, I should not have reacted that way. You know, today I would probably have walked in and made made a point to apologize to my child just so they understood that even though I'm a man in authority and I am the authority in your life, I'm going to make mistakes. And so it's yeah. okay to make mistakes, but it's important yeah. to acknowledge the mistakes that you make. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. And I think that um, within that, um, my husband and I have kind of a unique um, a unique take on that. I think, you know, people, they talk so much about not parenting in anger. And and I totally understand that, especially if you have an anger problem where your, your rage can take you to, you know, abuse your child or, you know, whatever. But I don't think that's real life to completely discipline our children with zero anger. I think that God's anger is evident yeah. when sin is present. And so I think that we have to be careful um, to be real with our children, you know, they're going to see our anger, but be angry and sin not. Right? right. So we have to show them the disappointment that they did cause without crossing over those lines into abuse or rage yeah. or sin, you know? Right. So I, I totally agree with you. And when it, when it comes to growing, I think a lot of times as we get older, um, we just calm down in general. <laughs> I noticed that with myself. Um, but I think that, that, Grace is a teacher. And I think that we have to teach our children, you know, that grace is teaching your parents. Grace is teaching you. We're giving you the tools to do what God has called you to do in this at the same time that God has given us the tools to do what he's called us to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, I mean, in your book, there's just a lot of great content. And just for the sake of time and for this specific uh, podcast, I know we've talked about a bit. Um, but I wonder if you could just focus on a few topics um, that you think would be the most impactful. So I'm just going to kind of give you the floor to just share your heart. Um, and it could be stuff that's in the book, could be stuff that you had didn't put in the book that you think would be important for um, anybody that happens to be listening. Well, and you know, when I was when I was praying and I got, um, you know, the couple notes that you had sent me and I was praying about what direction God had wanted us to go in this interview. And one thing that would just really was sticking out to me and I did briefly mentioned it in the book that we did raise our children with without access to Hollywood or, you know, any, and, and I know everybody has differing opinions about that, but, um, you know, even just in the terms of like psychological and emotional growth and, and, you know, the way that it affects their brains, I have to say that I'm very thankful that when my kids were little, that wasn't the norm. You know, it's really difficult to, to get on a soap or it's very easy to get on a soapbox when that just wasn't available. But I have just been hearing so many stories about, um, I just was speaking to a young man who told me that he just wishes that his parents would have been more careful with his 
media intake with his phone. And, you know, he didn't at the time. He probably fought it and yeah. kind of, you know, wanted his own way. I just don't know that we can be too, too careful in our own home. The influences that we bring into our home, that we allow into our home, they're going to be influenced. I mean, our kids are going to be exposed. But I just, I've, I've been reading that verse in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1 where it says seven women shall take hold of one man and they'll, they'll say, let us eat our own bread. Let us wear on our, our own apparel, but we want to take on your name so we can take away our reproach. Right. And, and that wow. let us eat our own bread has just been going over and over in my head. Like, what are we feeding our children's minds? What is their primary diet for their minds? And I just think that there's probably nothing that is more impactful for our children's lives than what we feed their minds. So that that's one of them. And the other one um, is the importance of asking God for wisdom, because there's just so many things that the wisdom of this world is going to try to penetrate our brains and try to tell us, you know, no, that's old fashioned. No, you know, we don't do that anymore. Spanking makes your children violent, you know, all the different philosophies of the world. And we just really have to depend on the wisdom of God. And, and, I, and an example of that um, was when I was a child, I was born with a walking disability. I think I briefly mentioned that yeah. in the book. And um, my dad, he, he was a, he had a two-year degree. I think like he ended up with like university studies or something. He ended, he ended up like kind of, he was there on a wrestling scholarship. It was before he was in the church and didn't have, you know, wasn't a doctor by any means, but he had gotten in the church and the doctors told him that I needed a surgery on my legs and he did not feel good about it. It was pretty experimental. And so he took me to the surgery. I was about to have the surgery. They were taking me down for surgery. And at the last minute he was praying, God, if this is not your will, if this is, if this is going to mess things up, like you need to stop this surgery. And he was just a brand new Christian, you know, and they were taking me down and they, at the last minute decided they needed to do another pre-op scan. And they found a little spot of pneumonia on my lungs and told my parents, we're going to have to reschedule the surgery. Well, my dad, he was just, I mean, I think he was probably 23 at the time. He just was like, we're done. He took me home. He was like, we're not doing this surgery. And his parents who weren't in the church at all, had no, you know, no relationship with God, really. They gave him such a hard time. Like, you think you're God. You think you're smarter than the doctors. You're ruining your daughter's life, you know. And he's like, I asked God and he spoke, right. you know. Well, we found out when I was 12 years old that the surgery they were going to do would have probably made it so that I would have never walked or I wouldn't be walking to this day. If I was walking, I would be in constant pain for the rest of my life because they were wrong and God spoke. And so I just want to be careful because sometimes with self-help type books, we can really, um, we can really be strengthening our flesh when, when we're not trying to, right. you know, we're feeding our flesh and trying to be self-sufficient. And, and I just really don't want to encourage parents at all, all to, to try to tackle this job of raising our children in our flesh. Right. Absolutely. Um, along the lines of what you were talking about, um, before, um, two things really. Uh, first thing is, um, the, the things that we allow our kids to absorb, um, mm. whether it's music, whether it's, you know, television, even, you know, media, any type of media, magazines, books, um, just all of those different things. Newer Christians may not be as attuned to it as 
Holy Ghost filled, um, you know, be, people have been walking with God for 10, 15, 20 years. And even sometimes they are kind of negligent to acknowledge the spiritual aspects of all these different things. Um, oh, true. You know, and, and a lot of it is becoming more and more um, visible than it ever has been before, uh, where you can tell where they're like all over, you know, their social media saying, you know, we're coming for your kids. It's like, whoa, oh. wait a second. Wait a minute. You're, you're not coming for my kids. My kids are my kids. They're not your kids. And, and so they have this, they're pushing these agendas and these other things, and they're doing it through the media that our children are absorbing. Um, and then uh, on that same line, and we could have a great example here of regardless of what your stance was on COVID, whether you got, you know, the COVID shot or whether you didn't, whether you believe there was misinformation or whether you don't, the importance of acknowledging the different voices that are speaking into our lives mm. and what we're allowing ourselves to listen to. Because here's the thing, the little ears hear yeah. the things that happen, hear the things that we say. Um, so it is important in their growth, their, their spiritual growth, that we are being the pillars that they need us to be. Um, yes. So some of that is, you know, simply um, acknowledging that um, I, I may not be right, um, and they may not be right. Mm -hmm. um, and helping kids be able to discern the difference between, you know, and, and then when you're not right, being able to say, well, I, I may not have been right, but, you know, this is just what I felt, this is why. You know, yeah. um, and they may not understand it when they're younger, but there'll come a day when yeah. they're going to be like, wow, I didn't realize all the different things that were happening that you helped protect me from. Right, right. And I think that giving our children that basis in biblical truth, and it's just such a beautiful thing because, because you know, sometimes the world is going to agree with us. Sometimes the world is going to disagree with us. And we're just here standing being the same as we've always been. And, and if our children can understand the, where that's coming from, this is not just my dad's opinion, my mom's opinion. This is coming from the word of God and they're putting all their faith and hope in that. And that's the bread that we're feeding our children. Amen. And I just think that I just really want to encourage parents, I guess, be the crazy parents, be the weird parents, say zero. I, I mean, it's okay. Like I'm just giving you permission right now to just get rid of all the devices in your home. If that's what, you know, if that's what you feel led to do, do it. Cause it's okay. Like they're, right. it's, they're missing out on nothing. Well, you know, I, and this may speak to my age, but you know, I'm from a generation that um, while I did have access to electronics, it was minimal. You know, we had internet, but it was AOL dial up, um, Same. <laughs> you know, and you weren't really doing much on there. It, it I just, didn't. You just, you're lucky if you can get your instant messenger to work at the time. Um, and so I, we, we had a lot more of a push to be outside, to do things, to use our imagination. Um, you know, and, and God gave us imaginations to use. God gave us our minds, our hearts, our spirits. He gave that to us for us to utilize in this life, not only for evangelistic purposes, but for our, you know, us to grow as as Christians, as for us to grow as uh, communities, um, but also, you know, for us to um, grow in, you know, the abundance of knowledge of the Word of God, to grow in, um, 
you know, there are a lot of people that um, once they've come to God have left, um, you know, nine to five jobs and have, you know, there's so many opportunities for stay at home work and, and remote work and all these other things that you can use the gifts God's given you, you know, to grow. Um, so I think that that's just really important um, that we, as the body of Christ, get on that page and that understanding that it's not a one size fits all in the way that we do things, as no. long as it's in line with the Word of God. Exactly. And I and I want to just point out, you know, when it comes to parenting, that a lot of times I think the temptation of, of any kind of media or is is that's much easier than teaching our children the self-discipline that it takes to consume the real bread, right? Because the, you know, the bread that is so easy, the, the junk food is yeah. super easy to consume. And so, um, you know, just, just encouraging parents to make that effort to give their children a hunger for reading and for, you know, like you said, imagination for play. And it's just, it's just so important because ultimately we need our children. We need to train up our children in the way they should go. And I think you know, taking it back all to, to the family and to raising kids. I think my burden was that I, I see parents who want their children to reach their potential. They have the best intentions, but because they won't actually teach their children to conform their will to the will of Christ, their child is completely unmoored from biblical truth, from, from the ability to control their impulses. And so they don't reach the potential that they could reach if we would take the time to, to train them, you know? And so it brings it all back because those, those things are easy babysitters for sure. Yeah, and I right. know that I've been tempted because I loved peace in my home, you know, but we had to do it in a lot more. Um, it took a lot more effort, I should yeah. say, you know, without those things. And, uh, you know, and that's not a bad thing, you know, to, you know, when people you 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 envision the perfect family, and you know maybe it was like a like a Leave It to Beaver type family or whatever, <laughs> whatever you know, uh, the the Brady Bunch or, or whoever you may have, you know. Uh, yeah. But ideally, there's always going to be, and and you you touched on it a lot in your book about this this power struggle that children have, not because necessarily because they need the power, but because they need the boundaries and they need their parents to address the boundaries and keep them firm. Um, and, right. and it's really that way in life. If we teach them when they're younger, you know, when they have jobs, when they have their own families, when they're, you know, and if they end up going into some type of ministry in the church, whatever it might be, wherever God plans for them to go, we have, as the parents, prepared them right. and, and made this pathway for them to walk that they can Absolutely. recognize and acknowledge, you know, the, the the anointing of God in their lives and, and the power that the Word of God has in their lives for them to be able to walk faithfully. And I think the biggest thing is for them to realize that the world isn't all about them. <laughs> you know, there, there's a there's a cause that's larger than they are. It's a it's a cause greater than them, and we're all on this you know working for this cause together. And I think that helps a lot too. To you know, getting rid of that self focus. Amen. Absolutely. Um, so as we're wrapping up here, I wonder, um, and I like doing this because it just kind of gives you an opportunity to just, just 
speak whatever it is you feel on your heart that maybe you haven't already addressed. Um, but they've listened for to us talk back and forth for 30 minutes or so. Um, but they've listened this far and maybe they've been blessed by something and maybe they've taken notes. But um, I wonder if there's something that you feel like you need to say or, or, or want to say um, that you want them, they've listened this far, you want them to walk away from this episode with. So raising children is um, kind of an obscure, you know, when we talk about it, we all like have these cozy feelings of what we want to be, but, but the actual, you know, implementation isn't always there. And so I want to encourage you to have both, have dreams and visions, pray over your children, have spiritual goals of how you envision them living for God, but recognize that God gave them parents because just praying these prayers isn't actually going to equal the results. And, and when I was young, there was this lady that my, that went to our church. My dad was the pastor and her little girl, um, she was two years old and she brought her to our house and, and she told her little girl, she, she looked at me, which, I mean, I think I was like 16 or something. And she was, when you get big, I want you to be just like her. And my dad looked at her and said, well, like, what are you going to do when she turns 16? Are you going to just like show her a picture of Sarah and be like, this is how, or like, what are you going to actually do about this? Right. And so have your dreams, have your goals, but then recognize that every single day God has empowered you. You're the parent, you have the tools. And he didn't, it wasn't an accident. Your child was given to you because the Lord entrusted you with that child, with all of the with all of the disabilities, with all of the struggles that you're going to have, but you have to do it every single day. You have to recognize you, you can't let them manipulate you. You can't let them be in charge. You have to do the hard work. And I think that's the main thrust of the book is that it really just comes down to little decisions that we make every single day that make the final impact on our child. Absolutely. Um, tell them where they can get your book. Absolutely. Well, it's available on Amazon at, um, if you just look up My Child by Sarah J. Woods, or you can actually go to sarahjowoods.com. That's the best deal, S-A-R-A-J-O-W-O-O-D-S.com. And um, it's available through the Pentecostal Publishing House. It's also available through the WPF Bookstore. So there's lots of options to pick up a Absolutely. And if you don't already have a copy... I'm telling you, you need to get yourself a copy of this book. And again, I'm not just saying that because she's a guest on my podcast. I'm saying that because I genuinely believe that this book will be a blessing to your family, um, to your parenting. Um, if you're uh, past the parenting age and you're a grandparent, it'll still help you. It'll help you, you know, be that sounding board, um, you know, that your children need you to be in helping them uh, be the parents that God has called them to be. So, um Sister Woods, this has been absolutely tremendous. I want to thank you again for joining us on the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Um, and uh, this has just been absolutely a blessing. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.